0: This episode has been brought to you in part by the Toronto Heschel School. You are invited to attend their open house on November 10th to discover what makes Heschel special. Visit torontoheschel.org for more details. That's toronto, H-E-S-C-H-E-L dot org. That's what it sounded like this week in a rocky canyon near Ein Gedi, Israel. A group of Canadian hikers spontaneously breaking out in song and dancing with Cheryl Mandel, in memory of her son, Lieutenant Daniel Mandel. The Mandel family had moved from Toronto to Israel, and he was 24 years old, and he was an Israeli soldier who was killed while on patrol near Nablus years ago. Cheryl Mandel is one of the bereaved mothers who's been helped by the charity at the heart of the hike, the One Family Fund. The fund has strong Canadian roots. Mark and Chantal Bellsberg and their daughter Michal founded it 20 years ago this summer, after Palestinian terrorists carried out the Sabaro pizzeria bombing in Jerusalem in 2001. It killed and wounded so many people, and the Bellsbergs wanted to help the victims who survived and the bereaved families. Flash forward to this week, and for the first time since COVID, the annual One Family Fund hike has gone ahead. Although it's a much smaller group than usual, just 29 Canadians and a couple of Americans, the hike brings the volunteers face-to-face with the Israeli families who their money helps, and they hike together to raise money for scholarships, physical therapy, trips to Canada for summer camp, and the famous Bereaved Fathers Choir, who you'll hear later in the podcast. There are memorial candles on the dining tables and photos of the terror victims hanging from the trees as the hikers gather each night. And each hiker wears a card on their backpack with the story and photo about one of the victims.
1: The wife related the story. She was there at the time Mm -hmm. Um, in her car. A terrorist came up, shot husband who was driving the car. She was shot a couple of times, was very, you know, seriously injured. She had a I think as like a four-year-old in the back seat who was shot in the leg. I'm Ellen Besner,
0: and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. In the hostilities that broke out in May of this year between Israel and Hamas... 13 Israelis were killed, including an IDF soldier, and over 300 other people were wounded. Staff from the One Family Fund in Israel swung into action. They went to the hospitals within hours to see what these victims of terror needed and what their families needed, whether it was immediate help or on a longer-term basis, as long as is needed, even for life. It's been this way for 20 years, and the One Family Fund's annual hike across Israel is a signature event when it all comes together hope to raise $300,000 this week as they trek the hills together with some of the victims and their families. And they even help carry some of them along in special wheelchairs. Coming up, we'll check in with some of the Canadians directly from Israel. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Naomi Rosenfeld in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Several high-profile candidates with Jewish ties have lost their bids to hold office in this week's Alberta municipal elections. In Edmonton, businessman Michael Oshri came in sixth and well behind the winner Amarjeet Sohi. The new mayor has pledged to support a motion to council that denounces anti-Semitism and adopts the IRA definition. Meanwhile, in Calgary, where Jody Gondek won as the city's first female mayor, and she isn't Jewish, the election saw the defeat of longtime councillor Diane Colley Urquhart. She is not Jewish either, but she was a good friend to the Calgary Jewish community. She was the one who co-sponsored a motion to have Calgary City Council adopt January 27th as the annual day to commemorate the Holocaust. She also tried to get Calgary to pass the IRA definition at the same time, but that part of her motion received pushback after a public campaign by the Independent Jewish Voices. Bruce Cowley is a broadcasting executive from Toronto, and he's been on the board of One Family Fund for years. This is his 12th time on the hike. And it's Robin Mirsky's first time. She heads the Rogers Film Production Fund. And they both join me now from Ain Getty, along with the One Family Fund's Canadian executive director, Toby Rosner. It's great to see you. You've just come off a long day of hiking. How many hours? What was the temperature? How many? How many steps? <laughs> Fill us in. Start with you, Bruce.
1: Uh, the weather was beautiful. It was hot. Uh, we didn't get much shade, which also it's you know always makes the hike a little more um, you know difficult in some way, more cha- more challenging. But, you know, you, you keep going, you put one foot in front of the other, and uh, it's, it's so exciting for us to be here. I mean, I can't believe I'm back again after what we've been going through over the last year and a half, and, and it's great to be here.
0: What does it say that the decision was made to actually have the hike when so many other organizations, Hazan and what have you, uh, have cancelled theirs?
2: So it, it was challenging. We looked at it a number of ways. The bottom line really was that this Charity and this hike in particular is about connecting with the victims of terror. There is a serious relationship going on here, and it was about getting back here and um, showing them that we care, that we care enough, cared enough to get on a plane. And certainly, the reaction of the victims of terror that have been with us to date uh, has validated that that was uh, an important decision.
0: Um, you know, of the people who were victims of terror in the recent hostilities or since then, have you been able to meet any or see any? And what was your experience with that like?
2: Uh, we were, in fact, hoping to have. We have a number of victims of terror over 40, but they outnumber the participants. Those that will join us this week and have joined us. We there were a couple that we were hoping to bring from the May hostilities. Unfortunately, they weren't well enough actually to be able to come out but we did do some visiting before the trip so they're not here for the hike
0: so um do you want to give me one example and then robin did you get to meet any of these people so i've been able to to meet and speak with a lot of the
3: victims here who have been um on the hike uh more than once um you know hearing their stories certainly gives me more perspective um and it's been fascinating to see how one family fund helps them heal and cope and, and the victims who um, get together, you know, themselves as victims, they have a community that, you know, very few people can understand. Um,
0: so who are you walking for, uh, Robin? Who's on your backpack?
3: The man that I'm hiking for, I met his daughter. She was here and she was with him when he was killed. It was a terrorist attack in a mall and they were eating dinner and two men walked in wearing suits and, um, opened fire and, um, her father was killed. And I met her and we we spoke at length and she said, you can ask me anything. And she's been to Camp Um, and she is extremely close to one family. And this happened.
2: It was the serona market terrorist attack. It, yes. I don't know if you recall that one that stands out for a lot of people because it happened smack in the middle of Tel Aviv's mm-hmm. business district, which yeah. is not. Sort of typical of the the uh, attacks that have taken place in the last few years. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about it,
3: and you know her PTSD is is significant because
0: um, she was there and watched her father uh, killed in front of her. What did you say to her? How did how did how did you manage to to overcome whatever reluctance you might have had to 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 you know, talk? I- and I'll, t- I'll tell
3: you, I was reluctant because it's, a, it's, you know, this is my first hike. This was my first real interaction with a victim of terror. And, it, you know, and I wasn't sure, am I asking too many questions? Am I asking not enough questions? She made it easy um, because she said, you can ask me anything. And I think it helps them to talk about it. It helps them to remember. It helps them to know that people care about them.
0: Okay. Um is there something uh that Bruce wanted to close on uh that you want our listeners and viewers to understand about this this 20th anniversary year uh and the trip.
1: Yeah, I mean I guess we can count those anniversaries and those milestones but uh I'm just reminded all the time you know and and victims share their stories. Today, for example, we we heard how you know a couple of people were um were killed and in in one case uh the wife related the story. She was there at the time mm-hmm. um, in her car. A terrorist came up, shot husband who was driving the car. She was shot a couple of times, was very, you know, seriously injured. She had a, I think, as like a four-year-old in the back seat who was shot in the leg and you know these stories are are devastating and shocking and really this stuff have they, they live with this with this stuff every, every single day. day they never forget it one, the, one of the men that was talking about who lost his son in 2007 was just saying our lives are different you know they'll never be the same and every day you wake up and that's the first thing you think about so yes it's it's uh, <laughs> great to be here it's great to connect but it's it's unfortunate that we have to be here to raise money for these folks
2: well and to make to one more point about the anniversaries we talked a lot about the 20th anniversary and how potentially to market market it in support of fundraising and there wasn't an appropriate way because our goal is to go out of business mm-hmm. we don't want to be here at all so there's point. yeah so they, it's it's not a celebration of any kind right it's just uh It's a fact of life here in Israel. It's a fact of life and it's a a horrific sacrifice people make just living here every day.
0: And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily. Sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, quality and customer care episode's also been brought to you in part by the Toronto Heschel School. Attend their open house on November 10th. Visit torontoheschel.org for more details. Today's listener shout out goes to Rhonda Pomerantz-Kula of Richmond Hill, Ontario. Rhonda likes to discuss the CJN podcast when she's out for a hike with her dog Barney. And so here's a shout out to Barney too. And we'll end today's episode with the Bereaved Fathers Choir and what they sounded like this week when they performed